Hello, creepy friends. I'm Ashley. And I'm Bianca, and we host Creep It Real. We're a couple of babes you can trust. We'll tell you stories that will make you afraid of the dark, have you side-eyeing your neighbors, and overall questioning your entire existence. Sounds fun, right? I think so. We love to bring you new topics that you haven't heard before, but also know that with how seriously we take our research, you're always going to learn something new when we're telling a story. That's a Creep It Real promise. So if it sounds like we're up your alley, and we should be, then find Creep It Real on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Buzzsprout, basically everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts and hit subscribe. Let's all get cozy and let us give you the creeps. Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. We're jumping into it. This is the new episode. Here we are, and we're going to make the most of it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Assume the crash position... We're coming in hot. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Guess what? You'll you'll have a hell of a journey. If you're wondering what this disembodied voice is, uh, its name is Kaylee. I didn't pick it, but... I picked my name, <laughs> and it's Jeremy. Wow, Jeremy, that's a beautiful name. Lee, you look like you got something on your mind. Yeah. Let me have it. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Ooh, the man of the... Hour. Of the century. All right. And the century. <laughs> our centurion. What, why, what about Keanu Reeves? I don't, you might have seen it already. The big thing right now is the conspiracy theory behind Keanu Reeves. I know you're eyeballing Yeah, my, I already know this. Yeah, yeah. According to the conspiracy, he's immortal. Yeah. There's an... Who, who is the really old one? The I, I got it one? up right oh, now. That's a, I never saw that one before. Yeah, this is uh, Charlemagne. Oh, Charlemagne. Yeah, it starts with Charlemagne, 748 to 814 AD. They have a, a painting of him here. Yeah, he does, that looks like Keanu. Aside from the striking resemblance, the account of the death of Charlemagne rises suspicion. It says he crowned his son just before dying, like he knew he was going to, quote, die. Secondly, his burial was rushed during cold weather. This is a clear hint that they needed to bury a body to not rise any suspicions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they normally they won't. Uh, I don't know how it was back then, but I know now. Oftentimes, if it's too cold to dig, they like store you away and then they yeah. bury you when it thaws. And then the uh, conspiracy theory goes to Paul Monet from 1847 to 1922. Aside. Again, from the striking resemblance, he was a doctor first and then an actor. Paul Munet allegedly died in 1922, although his body was never found. Okay, hold on. I always have an issue with this. <laughs> if you <laughs> die, but your body was never never found, how do we know you died? I know that's the that's point. A- but like <laughs> literally, but like, okay, hold on, hold on. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like, okay, so he just went missing and someone said, oh, he must be dead. Right. Okay. You know, that really wasn't like the case ending point I wanted it to be. Right. I thought that was going to break everything. I was like, but if they didn't find the body, oh, wait, he's immortal. His <laughs> no. name's Keanu Reeves. So the third reason they give yeah. is his kindness can only be acquired in a long and wise life. That's uh, the worst reason. Yeah, they say uh, he's one of the few actors that truly respects the work of the people behind the scenes of Hollywood movies. Who wrote, who wrote this article? 
That's it's, who was uh, who was told to write this article? Who was paid? Whose boss was paid to tell this person to write this article? Well, the website gives a lot of credibility. Uh, it is KeanuIsImmortal.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we uh, have a very legitimate source. Yep. We have three reasons to believe it. And one of them is that he is nice. Yeah. That <laughs> checks out. I'm convinced. Yeah. There's like, uh, I mean, obviously it's not real. But they also have a picture of him in 1994 and one in 2008. And then another one from recently. But he does look older. Be real. Um. He looks older. Nobody wants to address the fact that he does look slightly older. He's just aging well. Yeah, he does look slightly older. I bet you... However, maybe he has some sort of incantation or potion that he can only cultivate after a certain amount of years. Uh, So he naturally does start to age, like a Dorian Gray scenario. Right, but then he restarts. But then he says, I'm going to end this life. I'm going to go away, rejuvenate, show up again. Maybe he'll be off the grid again for another century. Well, it's going to be hard. Like, why is he in the limelight? I think he made a mistake. Yeah, he made a mistake. Maybe he wants to be found out. I think maybe... He's just really good at applying sunscreen. Yeah. Because the UV rays yeah. can damage your skin so harshly. Yeah. I want to put this out there. You need to wear sunscreen. Are you like literally a mom? Yes. Hey, wear... strangers that can't respond to me. You need to wear sunscreen. I'm going to tell you why. Every sunburn that you get, the damage to your skin is permanent. And okay. you might not have the repercussions immediately. But you're going to be hating yourself yeah. when you're 50, 60, 70, and, 80. And you're hurting. And you're having to get surgery constantly to yeah. remove all those skin cancers. Yeah. I'm so glad you harshed the vibe so hard. At this. Yeah. <laughs> you need to wear your sunscreen. I, like- I know we're talking about how Keanu Reeves is the mortal, but you're going to get skin cancer and have it biopsied <laughs> off. How does that yeah. make you feel? You know, 20-year-olds can still get melanoma. Don't go in cool. that tanning bed. <laughs> okay, I think so. Let's... And also, you age prematurely. You're going to get so many wrinkles. Yeah. And you're going to get all these new moles and freckles that you're going to have to get monitored. It's not okay. worth it. Age makes you look distinguished. Freckles are cute. cute. Freckles are very cute, yeah. Freckles are cute, you know. Uh, cancer, charming. <laughs> if you don't want to be hurting, you better start squirting. Sunscreen, that is. Oh. Onto your tender flesh. Ooh. Ah, oh, this is a perfect segue into. Uh... No, it's not. I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> into a. Oh uh... my God, that's right, Kaylee. Before you jump into that uh, mess, I have some minor news. I I got a puppy. You got a puppy. I have a puppy. I've been like dying to talk he... about it. It's a. Uh... Such a little shit. He's such a little shit. He bites the shit out of my arms. It hurts <laughs> so bad, and it's all he wants to do. He doesn't. He says he doesn't want to do anything else. Nope. His name is Louis. He's a golden doodle pup. So he responds to Louis, but he also responds to, um, hey, what are you doing? That normally gets him. <laughs> hey, hey. And then he's, then he's all ears. So that could also be his nickname. Right. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, 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 hey. What's puppy life been like for you? Give me the pros and cons. I think so, so far the best unforeseen bonus of having a puppy is uh, getting your toes licked. Do you have a toe fetish now? I, I don't know. Not a foot fetish, but just the just, toes? Just the tips of the toes. What about the tops? I don't like that part. And it's like, what? I don't want him touching like my ankles or like yeah, the no, heel. No. You want to arch lick? No, that's that's just, that's for the ground. <laughs> uh, I've spent the most time with him, so he's definitely imprinted on me yeah. like I'm his mom. Oh, man, it's a cool when something just runs towards you. Right. And like not in a scary way. <laughs> <laughs> a stray dog runs towards me. I'm running too. All right. But yeah, so um, he's still got a lot of good learning to do. Yeah. I don't know. Your house right now is an obstacle course. We have stairs blocked by like suitcases. Laundry just baskets. anything to cushion the blow of, of him running around. 
he knows that we're not letting him in certain rooms. It's weird. Yeah. And like he knows that we're keeping him from something and he's angry about it. Yeah, he wants in. And like I don't know how to tell him like stop. I mean, are you telling me that if someone told you, hey, you can't go in there, I'm going to block it off and you can't go in, that you would not try your damnedest to get in that place? I would pull like a full on Veronica Mars and just investigate. I'd think, why aren't they letting me in there? Right. I would assume like there's a dark secret. And maybe that's what he thinks. Yeah, maybe. And maybe to a dog, you know, a sofa that he can't sit on is a dark secret. Yeah. He's going to stage a full-on heist. All it takes is you turning your back once, and then there he is. With a zip line. He's halfway up the stairs, and then he's tumbled down again, and he's up a third of the way, and then he tumbles down again. Because he's learning. He's learning slow. And then he growls a little bit because he's frustrated (laughs) at the stairs (laughs) for being stairs. I feel like you've converted me, and I have to go get a puppy now. I could just give you the dog to lick your toes. You can oh, rent him out. True. I'll be good. I can like take the energy off you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he can develop a work ethic. Right, and then he can imprint on me, and then um, he just gets sad when he's with you. Oh, man. Most things get sad when they're with me. <laughs> <laughs> I get sad. <laughs> so, Jeremy, I think I'm going to jump right into my science corner. Yeah, well, hold on, Kaylee. You got a haircut. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? That's a big thing. How long was your hair before? Last year, if you can believe it, it was down to my bum. That's so gross. Yeah, I hated it. And it was like so heavy and like there's just so much of it. Well, and... you're supposed to wash it. <laughs> but I decided I was going to go with a pixie cut. So, so far, how do you like the short hair? I'm finally coming around to it. I kind of like it. It looks really good. Thanks. Yeah. I think I might grow it out to like a lob so it's like okay. chin length. What's cool about having short hair is like you can experiment because yeah. you can always grow it out and try it more styles. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get a bob next. That's my next Ooh, move. that's good. Yeah, I like and that. And then I'm thinking about getting just uh, like pigtails, but they're long and braided like Willie Nelson. Love that. Two long braided Native American cowboy looking things. Okay. And I'll probably start wearing denim. That's good. Yeah. And get yeah. like pins on it, like Harley. Yep. Harley pins. I would like that. Harley Quinn, not Harley Davidson. All right. Like Hot Topic, Marvel pins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Where's my Joker? But uh Yeah. I wanted you guys to know that yeah. Kaylee got a haircut. Thank you. I'm in that emotional turmoil right now, and I'm like, I got, just got to cut all my hair off. Very nice. And it's a healthy way to deal with things, right? Better than cutting all your fingers off. That's true. Better than resorting to a puppy licking my toes. I'm not resorting to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I have a science corner today. Science corner. Science, science is cool, and, and today, today we, we are cool. So, Jeremy, have you ever heard about or watched the show on Netflix called Atypical? No. So, I just recently binged the fuck out of the show, and I am obsessed with it. It's adorable, informative, and hilarious. So, I recommend that you and anyone should watch it, because it's great. It's centered on a family. One son is autistic, and it's kind of his daily life of being autistic and having to deal with difficulties that he has. Mm-hmm. But anyways, if you're not familiar... Autism is a developmental disorder that affects communication and behavior. So usually people with autism have obsessive interests, so they get really fixated on particular things. They don't understand social cues very well, like the normal flow of a conversation or being able to tell like emotions of other people. And then their behavior usually is pretty blunt. Isn't that sort of... um... 
I don't think the term is commonly used anymore, but mm. like Asperger's? That's not used anymore. Asperger's is considered like one of the mild forms. You tend to have obsessive interests, mm-hmm. but you still have some communication difficulties. And you can be independent. Yeah, you just have a slight deficit with communication is all. Honestly, it's not uncommon. I think a lot of people fall on the mild autism spectrum, but they have no idea. Symptoms usually appear in the first two years. But now we're getting at a place where we're a lot better with being able to diagnose people with autism. So you're seeing a lot more like adult cases of Mm. autism now, which I think is really interesting. And another thing I thought was interesting was women are diagnosed less often. Is that because there's less cases of autism in women or it's just diagnosed less? They're thinking it's diagnosed less because women are more likely to socialize and be better at it than men. Mm -hmm. So you don't catch the behaviors as much as you would like in men because men present more dominantly, I guess. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I found two studies, which I thought were really interesting. The first one was a five-country cohort study, which means it was longitudinal, like it spanned many years. And you had a very large group of people. It was over 2 million. Wow. And it focused on people who were diagnosed with autism. But what the study found was that the disorder is strongly heritable. An analysis found- What does that mean? It's passed on through genes. Oh, inheritable. Heritable? Heritable. That's a word? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it found that over 80% of risk of getting ASD or autism spectrum disorder is associated with inherited genetic factors. It's over 80% due to just genetic factors. Whoa. So very strongly related to genetics. Damn. It goes on to explain that it's passed on from both parents and it's not strictly maternal like it was originally believed. Both pass on certain genetic factors that contribute to autism. Wow. But that was the first article I saw. And then the other study, also with autism, trans and non-binary people significantly more likely to have autism or display traits than the wider population. They go on to explain that people on the spectrum were more likely to experience gender dysphoria as they're generally more likely to struggle with their own identity. Oh. Which is like... That's interesting. Yeah. So it's important to make the distinction, though, that it's... People diagnosed with autism are more likely to experience gender dysphoria, not people with gender dysphoria are likely autistic. Yeah, so people on the spectrum are more likely to experience gender dysphoria, meaning non-binary or they might be trans because they're generally more likely to struggle with their own identity anyway. So as far as this study showed, in general, gender identity and sexuality are more fluid and less conventional among people with autism. It's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I think it's good to question and look into that stuff, too. Right. See other people's experiences and how they experience life. You know, you can really broaden your knowledge. Broaden that brain horizon. That's all I wanted to say as far as science goes. So I think that's a good part to transition into our segment for the day, which was actually suggested to us by a viewer. So this is our proof that we actually listen to you. We read the emails. (laughs) We read the emails and we usually respond. But we got a request by Aaron to talk about Ouija boards. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. You better get ready for some good learning. I'm going to jump right into Ouija. Sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? 
Why, I haven't seen one of these for years. It's a Ouija boy. Come on, somebody ask a question. And the Ouija will answer it. Are there any ghosts in this house? Are they going to hurt us? <laughs> Unbelievable. Fantastic. But I tell you, it could happen. If you don't already know what a Ouija board is, it's a flat board that has the letters of the alphabet arrayed in two semicircles. And above that are numbers zero through nine. It has the words yes and no in the uppermost corners. And it has goodbye at the bottom. What it comes with is a little teardrop shaped device called a, uh, I don't know uh, how to fucking pronounce planchette. it. Planchette. Yeah, a planchette. Uh, that has a small window in the middle of it. Whatever letter appears in the window, that's the letter that the spirit is trying to tell you to write down. Right. To take note of. So how to play with a Ouija board. Two or more people sit around the board. You place your fingers on the planchette and you ask a question. Spirits are able to influence and move the planchette across the board from letter to letter or yes or no, yeah. spelling out answers for you. Since I was a kid, I've been obsessed with Ouija boards. Oh, my God. When I, when I was a kid, I actually got a Ouija board for Christmas, uh, which is like from a religious standpoint. Weird. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> thanks, Mom. Uh, I mean, Santa. So the creation of the Ouija board is still not really well known and is shrouded in mystery, which makes me believe that a ghost made it and just yeah. sprung it on someone. Mm -hmm. So he whispered in someone's ear once and was like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if you like made this board. Call it Ouija, yeah. but it's going to not be spelled like Ouija. Right. And then a guy woke up from a fever dream. Wadja. Oh, Wadja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because just so you know, like Ouija spelling, I always, as a child, I always wrestled with why Ouija was spelled the way it is. O-U-I-J-A. Oh, I love Wadjas. Yeah, if you're like, and then I've they only hear it, it and they're I've like, I've only ever seen it written. Squeegee. But yeah, it, it turned up originally in February of 1891 when the first advertisements for the wonderful talking board began. It was promised to be a link between the known and the unknown and answer questions about the past, present, and future. It came about in the time of spiritualism in the 19th century when a strong obsession came with the belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. It hit America hard in 1848 in particular with the appearance of the Fox Sisters that claimed to be able to receive messages from spirits. Mm -hmm. They would hold seances and they would communicate with the dead. So this really took off in America. Everyone was super into seances. Yeah, I looked into it. I didn't know how big a deal it was. It was yeah. massive. It was it totally was normal. Huge. It, it was like a family activity. Yeah. You could do some seances on Saturday and then go to church on Sunday and not be worried about it at all. What I think is super weird, though, kind of interesting. I think it's so cool, the contrast between, because we're, we're considered like a secular Mm -hmm. society now we rely less on traditions and like religion and more on rationality and reason and i feel like in history there's always an adverse reaction to something like whenever there's a big advancement so this we're talking like the victorian era so that's like 1837 to 1901 to be literally exact okay <laughs> um, so the end of the industrial revolution science is doing stuff Darwin was like, hey, we evolved from uh, primates. All of a sudden, there was pharmacies you could go to to get right. cocaine for your headache <laughs> and heroin for your baby. 
<laughs> and at the same time, there's this huge influx in spiritualism. Right. Like the opposite of the spectrum shows up. I think it's fascinating. I know. It's bizarre. And it's bizarre that it was just like a household thing. It was like playing cards. It was like, hey, let's talk to grandma. Yeah. The game Ouija came at a time when everyone was desperate to contact their loved ones after the Civil War. And one fun fact, Mary Todd Lincoln, who was married to, I'm assuming, Abraham Lincoln. It's complicated. (laughs) Yeah. uh, She held seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. Yeah. So, like, that's how accepted it was the first lady could hold a seance in the white house and no one cared (laughs) yeah it's also the same time to put it into perspective where uh the president's son died of a fever (laughs) and everyone was like oh a fever yeah that sounds about right so in true american fashion with seances and everything people got too impatient waiting for an answer to their questions why they were so impatient is because it was a super long process it was they'd usually like ask a question and then it would have to knock for like the letters yeah so everyone be at a table And sometimes they would have like a talking board there, which was a component that would later be used for Ouija boards. And they would be like, you know, spirit, which letter is part of the message you want to say? All right, I'll start now. A, B, and then they wait for a knock. Okay, so C, all right. It would take hours. Right. And people were like, okay, this was spooky at first, and now I'm underwhelmed. They were kind of looking for the next best thing on how to contact dead people. Mm-hmm. So seances just weren't cutting it anymore. And the Americans were like, they're all on cocaine for their headaches. Oh, right. We need to make this faster. That's kind of how the Ouija board came to be is some you know, entrepreneurs see this untapped market. And I actually thought it was interesting. When they created the board, they asked it what it should be named, and it replied Ouija. Which is fucking weird. It was originally marketed as the ancient Egyptian word for good luck, which it wasn't. Well, they asked the board what Ouija meant, and it said good luck. Here's my issue with it, though, in in total. The guy that is famous for really pushing the Ouija board mm-hmm. to what it is, I think it's like Fold. Fold. F-U-L-D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William Fold. Um, it, you know, it's 1890-something. How difficult is it just to make up an origin story? Oh, yeah. He said it, so it must be true. Right. Because to me, that always smells like a PR stunt. Being like, oh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's mysterious. Right. So if this guy says, no one knows the origin, that's history, that's fact. What I actually thought was kind of interesting was the method that they got to get the patent for the board. Because usually when you're applying for a patent, you have to show that whatever it is works in the way that you're telling it. it oh, will. Really? Yeah. So they were marketing it as like a fun novelty and board game. Right. But they had to show that it actually worked. So the story goes that the chief patent officer demanded a demonstration. If the board could accurately spell out his name, which supposedly no one in the room knew, Uh, He'd allowed the patent application to proceed. Naturally, they all gather around on the board. They commune with the spirits, and it accurately spells out his name. Who's the patent officer? Yeah, the patent officer, who no one... And so all their hands are on the, I'm assuming, on the planchette? Right. Okay. Whether it was the spirits or the patent attorney present that knew his name, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, The chief was white-faced and visibly shaken when they were done, and he awarded a patent to them for their new toy or game. Quote. Wow. And they um, got in the car and they're like, oh my God, I can't. thank God. Right? What the Thank hell? you, spirit. We are so lucky. On the actual original patent, it doesn't explain why it works. It just assures that it does, <laughs> which kind of like plays into the mystery, which I think is yeah. funny. We don't know where the name comes from. We don't know how it works. Don't worry about it. It just does. 
Um, so Kennard of the Kennard Novelty Company ended up leaving with his partner in 1893. And William Fold, who we mentioned earlier, originally started as an employee, but he ended up running the company. He wasn't the creator of the board, like a lot of people claimed, like in a New York Times article uh, or in his obituary, they said he was the creator. He wasn't, but he did run the company for a really long time. Mm-hmm. He actually died in 1927 after a fall from the roof of his new factory. A factory which he stated the board told him to build. What the? <laughs> what? Yeah. You're just building stuff? The board told me. So it's kind of weird to think, like, the Ouija boards are still insanely popular. It's survived over 120 years now. The only people that seem to hate Ouija boards were mediums. It's like automation. It's right. Like they were just like, hey, jobs. I need to talk to the spirits for these people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. now they can just do it in their living room. <laughs> it was Actually, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, it was used in the 1920s to find clues to solve murders for a little while. 1920s. That's incredible. <laughs> and in 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago woman was being sent to a psychiatric hospital after explaining to doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, but that Ouija spirits told her to leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. But honestly, like, a lot of these stories didn't really affect the public's opinion. It wasn't until The Exorcist came out in 1973, where it showed 12-year-old Reagan possessed by a demon after playing with the Ouija board. Oh, my God. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. The opening of the movie. She has, like, a Ouija board from, like, her aunt or something. Yeah. Yeah. And she was playing with it by herself, and a demon, like, possessed her. After that movie... Overnight, the Ouija board became a tool of the devil (laughs) and began like showing up in horror movies as a way of opening up a door to evil. After that movie came out, religious groups denounced it as Satan's preferred method of communication. Satan should try the telephone. All right. They didn't care about it beforehand, but after after Exorcist came out, it was Satan's tool. That's the power of movies. So I thought it was like really weird the transition that Ouija boards kind of took. Yeah. Um, But I would like to briefly discuss how they work. They're powered by us through the idiomotor effect or idiomotor phenomenon. This was discovered in 1852 when physician and physiologist William Benjamin Carpenter was examining automatic muscular movements that take place without conscious will of the individual. So think like moving your hand away from something warm. It's a a reflex. It's a a reflex. reflex. You, You don't you don't realize it. Yeah, it's automatic movements. For example, when my dog bites me, yeah. I'm moving away from him whether I want to or not. Yeah. But it hurts. So it's not exactly the same, but it is very... It's, it's literally the same. Okay. My dog is a Ouija board. Yeah. So like reflex responses to pain with the idiomotor effect, the body sometimes reacts reflexively to ideas alone without the person consciously deciding to take action. Suggestions that can guide behavior can be given by subtle clues as well, uh, which kind of plays into the Ouija board. Yeah. You kind of naturally give the answers that you want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about the power of suggestion before, but... With a ton of paranormal stuff, the power of suggestion in just in general is like the most insane thing ever. It, it, it will make people see stuff that isn't there. Yeah. It'll make people jump off a goddamn roof. Similar to like hypnosis almost. Right. So if you're all in a dark room focused on contacting the dead mm-hmm. and your hands are shaking a little bit like the idiomotor effect, you're under the power of suggestion mm-hmm. and you, you all are expecting an outcome. 
I mean, that's the whole point of the game essentially is that you're expecting something to happen. So something does happen because your brain starts creating things. That's what kind of makes that strong impression that it's outside forces because you're not consciously making that movement yourself. Sure. But it's still moving. Mm -hmm. So no, it can't be me. It has to be something else. You know? Yeah. It's kind of fun. Have you ever played with a Ouija board? Uh, No, I haven't. I've always been too spooked. You want to hold on one second? Yeah. Are you going to grab it? Because I don't want to do Ah! So, I have here... No! My Ouija board from when I was like <laughs> nine. Oh my God. I We have one at our house. My dad yeah. got us one for Christmas, but my mom didn't let him give it to us. Really? Yeah, you also got one for Christmas? Yeah, but I never knew. Like, I didn't get to play oh, with it. Oh, he, he just got it for... Yeah, my mom was, like, freaked out about it. Yeah. So, this is... Uh, well, okay, if this makes you feel a little more at ease, it's a glow-in-the-dark Ouija board. So, I, if, you can, if you can get farther from the ancients as glow-in-the-dark, I don't know what. But I just want to... I want you to know that it's in the presence of us so you can get freaked out. A mysterious and mystifying game. God, I'm scared. I'm sweaty. I haven't opened this up in, like, probably... 12 years. Oh, my God. Are you afraid? Yeah. I want to look at the actual board. Okay, you tell stories while I read okay. this. All right. There's one little thing I want to add on to in terms of the historical side of Ouija. There was a gradual transition into Ouija as we know it. In the early days, you had talking boards, and that's the board with the letters on it, and the yes, no, goodbye, whatever. Right. And there's also the um, the planchette, the original planchette. Now, with the planchette, when it was just its own thing, it would be a heart-shaped wooden piece. On like, I think it was on ball bearings, so it would move mm-hmm. around. Right. And there was a little hole in the middle. It wasn't a viewfinder, but it was a slot to put a pencil in. And oh. what you would do is you would move it on a piece of paper, and it's kind of like automatic writing. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was also part of the spiritualism movement. You'd get a pencil, and you'd just mindlessly write, scribble a pencil until you started to form words. And then you would look back on it and be like, okay, the spirits had me write this. Right, because you can't see. And I think that you ever seen the movie Sixth Sense? Yeah. The sixth sense. Um, yeah. Slight tangent. The word sixth is my Horrible. least favorite word. No, you can't say it. Who says it right? It's like a, yeah. It's a slow down word. You have to stop your flow and pronounce it. Right. The sixth. Like that should be <laughs> in a word. you start An X should never come before or after a TH. Can you imagine being an actor in that movie and having to say it? Yeah. I don't even know if they ever said that in the movie. Do you have the sixth sense? Bruce Wells. I think you have a sixth sense. Do you have the one that's above five sense? Above five, below seven? Yeah. Yes. I do. You have one, you have one, an additional sense. You have an additional sense. How many senses are there? Five. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, so automatic writing was there's a scene in there where Haley Jawson's character, little boy, he would do that and words, scary words would pop up. Very scary movie. And so, Ouija has elements of that in it. So, it's sort of the amalgamation of all these different forms of talking to the dead. In 1966, Parker Brothers, which is like the father of American board games, yeah. they acquired uh, the rights to the Ouija board in mm-hmm. 1966. In 1967, the next year, they had sold 2 million units. Yeah, that's crazy. Outselling their highest selling game and the highest selling board game in the world. Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. That's insane. But it's also kind of unknown. Like, is it real or is it not? Because the thing is, like, that's what's so weird about the afterlife. It's the one thing. We can never know. You can't study in measures because no one's come back yet and told us what's going on. But did I ever tell you the story about that guy in the hospital that 
die, flatline, then came back, and then flatline again. Yeah, and then he was like screaming or For something. For the un- unacquainted, I hate that. I hate yeah, that story. I, it's the worst. Yeah, my mom always told me this story growing up. I don't know why she would do this to me, but she was an ER nurse. Uh, her friend was working the shift in the ER. She wasn't working, and I guess this guy had come in some accident. I think car or motorcycle. Who knows? But he had flatlined. Clear. And he had come back, luckily, and he was screaming, saying, don't let me go back there. Apparently, it was a very disturbing scenario. And then he flatlined again and died. And he went back there. That's like the worst. That's actually the worst. I hate that because, I don't know. I don't want to go into that because it scares me. <laughs> I, so I talked about how, I've, obviously, uh, there's a Ouija board in the room with us right now. Yeah. One little story I got for you. This is a very brief story, but there's a few famous people, relatively famous people, that have experiences with, with Ouija boards. Do you know who... Okay, um, that's credible. Yeah, if they're famous. Yeah. If they're famous, you got to believe them. Right. They wouldn't lie. No, they're too famous. Um, do you know who Sylvia Plath is? No. What is she in? She's a poet. She's dead. She was big oh. in the 50s and 60s, I want to say. Okay. She wrote a really famous novel called The Bell Jar. Okay. And uh, she was a famously tortured poet. Her and her husband at the time, whose name was... Ted Hughes, he had introduced Sylvia to the occult, like Celtic uh, mythology and ideas of paganism, whatever, which I guess really influenced her. For example, when Ted Hughes left her for another woman, she allegedly gathered all of the manuscripts she could find, along with fingernail clippings she had kept of his and I think parts of his hair. Dandruff. She had collected dandruff and fingernail clippings over time, and she put them in a pile with his documents and burned them in a... A witch bonfire, as it was called. Okay. Which I assume is just a, a fire with, you know, some sort of uh, proceeding. Spook. That, yeah, with a certain uh, method know. of doing it. And then you laugh like a witch. <laughs> and if you have a black cat, it's all the better. <laughs> you don't need any sound effects. I got them. <laughs> <laughs> please, please never make you that sound throw again. throw some dandruff on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Hate it. Anyway, so I uh, there there is a story, a pretty popular story. Um, supposedly, she used a Ouija board to do a couple poems, and so did her husband. They would use the Ouija board yeah, to write poetry. I saw that. That was like a thing that poets did. Around the time when weird. Ouija boards were really big. Remember, Ouija boards were really huge. Like I said, two million units in a year. And that was in 1966. Yeah, there was less people there. There was a lot less people. Mm-hmm. There. At least half. At least At half least is half. less. Sure. Because we really started humping. Around the 60s. Right, well, exponential growth, you know, yep. that baby boom. And apparently in one session, the Ouija board foretold of Sylvia Plath's future fame <gasps> and that it would lead to an early death. <sighs> and then she died early from suicide. Oh, my God. Sorry. I remember what I was going to say earlier. I had a point and then I forgot and I just remembered. So I'm going to say it, it now. on to my face. Um, when you're talking about earlier your mom's story or whatever, it made me think of the oldest living man he was like 119 or something insane wow and he said his secret to living that long was whenever he felt like he was dying he just didn't (laughs) wow (laughs) he just stopped he stopped death right in its tracks and just kept on going yeah that's the worst advice (laughs) what a dick so there you go He's, either he's trolling all of us or he was just like, he's the worst at explaining secrets. <laughs> well, what I do is I just don't die. Yeah. You know? That's like the ultimate dad joke. Yeah. How do you, how are you alive right now? Every time I feel like dying, I don't. That's some shit I would say. Yeah. I'm going to live to be really old just so I can say that. Um, also, Sylvia, sorry, you can't say that. There, there's something I want to talk about. I don't know how, this is kind of 
an experimental story I haven't fully actualized before, but I was thinking about it when I was researching this. Also, as I said before, I don't believe in Ouija board stuff, but when I was researching this, I was genuinely creeped out. Were you I don't really? know what it was. I had this feeling come over me. And speaking of um, Ghosts. Idiom, idiom, idiomotor whatever, <laughs> um, 100% this was not real. This was my mind made this up. Yeah. I felt when I was reading some of these stories and reading some of like the history of the Ouija board, I felt a hand on my back. <gasps> it was my hand. Um, it was yeah. the puppy's hand. Yeah. Caressing your back. My puppy has a hand. It's a thumbs and fingers. He got up from licking your toes and decided to pat you yeah. on the back. <laughs> I won't give any names, but yeah. uh, this was, I think, around high school, either during or just after high school. It was Sarah, wasn't it? I, who's Sarah? <laughs> Fuck you, Sarah. Fuck you, Sarah. You know who you are. You're Sarah. So um, <laughs> my friend was dating this girl who was, um, well, let's call her bad shit crazy. Okay. I can't say how she's doing now. I'm sure she's doing much better. I'm sure she's grown as a person. I hope so. And she's anonymous, so who cares? But she... Sarah. Uh, Sarah. She claimed to have ESP, kind of. Mm. This girl was, you know, also, wacky. Yeah, also like punching holes in walls, probably, and like uh, grooming her toe hairs. And so, yeah. <laughs> Purposefully getting dirt under her nails. What the what? <laughs> Weirdly specific. <laughs> and you're like... This is like an inside hey, joke Sarah. we don't have. <laughs> I don't know. Like in my mind, you're like, she's batshit crazy. And I'm like, okay, what's the weirdest thing I can think of? Dirt yeah, like if I saw somebody doing that, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, they're fucking crazy. And so, yeah. We had a bunch of friends over at my house and she was doing some fake BS with the Ouija board. Yeah. And she said, uh, trying to act super serious, Jeremy, was there a fire here? And me being a complete asshole, I was like, yeah, there was. Oh my God. There was never a fire. And she goes, and was there a family that lived here before you? Obviously, there was, because this is a house from the 70s. Right. So I was like, yeah. She goes, okay, I'm picking up this woman on the Ouija board, and her name is Corette. I was like, Corette? first of all, like if you're going to lie, do something like, you know, yeah, like- an actual name, <laughs> not like some Egyptian goddess. Whatever it was, I was just sort of screwing with her, and she was like, well, okay, there was a fire a long time ago. And she lost her son in that fire. She really likes you because you are around the same age as her son. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. And it still is. However, a couple of weeks ago, I was at work and my mind was just sort of wandering way far off. And I thought of that day with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And I remembered there's this theory that kids can talk to right. spirits or whatever. They're like sensitive to that stuff. Right. My brother had an imaginary friend when he was a kid that lived in the backyard in where the shed was. Her name was Corette. No, it was a little boy. He was a mummy, and he was covered in bandages. He was a mummy, so he was well, burned. Think, think of like a burn victim wrapped in bandages. And I thought of that, and I got goosebumps. I don't know why. And I, I never clicked. It never clicked. Weird. But you like, should look into the history of your house. Or the property, because I don't think it was in my house, because this is a uh, fairly yeah. new house. And if it was a fire, right. honestly, it could be from anywhere in, this, in the neighborhood. In the 60s, it was like farmland out Imagine here. if she was right, though. <laughs> Again, op- keeping an open mind. I, I don't subscribe to the idea that Ouija boards are real, but there are some crazy stories involved with paranormal stuff and channeling spirits, whatever, yeah. that yeah, I don't know. But that's my favorite part about this, is like right. you get to think on things. Shrug your shoulders and say, oh, you never know right the best i can do is guess but you have to keep in mind ouija boards nowadays are like cardboard and plastic they're made just to have fun with 
obviously to me, and I think anyone can agree with this, it's a game. Yeah. I know to other people it's not. I, I know that my experience isn't, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you use them a certain way, I suppose, you know, like if you know what you're doing, if you're like a legit paranormal whoever, you could argue that a normal Ouija board manufactured this year could be used to channel something. Because the whole thing about a Ouija board is that it opens up a gateway. That's what they always say. It opens yeah. up a portal right. to the unknown, the other, the other side, side yeah. the afterlife. Mm-hmm. The danger that people talk about is it's easy to open a door and not so easy to close it sometimes. Right. And by the time you close it. What's gotten out? Who's walked in. You go on Reddit. Yeah. And I imagine some of our audience also goes on Reddit. This Reddit user, someone had asked a bunch of questions about Ouija boards. And this person, this anonymous Reddit user said, when playing, don't start by asking, is anybody there? You're basically calling upon whoever or whatever and inviting them in. Same thing if you walk into a friend's apartment and ask if anybody's home. If your friend's home, they'll answer, and then they typically make their approach. Only this time, the people you're calling out to with a Ouija board, they're not your friends. But they're always home, and they're eager for an invite. <laughs> right. So you got to think, <laughs> these, these things are always there. You, they can't show up unless there's enough energy to draw from. Because in ah, all these paranormal stories, yeah. the ghosts are always connected to energy. Yeah. When people are focused, when there's a psychic there. Right. That's why psychics always talk about being drained after a session. Yeah. It's because the ghost has to tap from something to communicate. What if uh, psychics are just really energized people? And that's why they're psychic is because ghosts are attracted to their energy. Because they got more of it. Um, but Aaron, the one who suggested this topic, actually gave a story of his own that I would like to mention. He explains when him and his brothers were young, uh, his mother used to get them to play the Ouija board with her. She handmade one out of cardboard and an upturned glass, which is interesting that it still, like, worked. I mean, I well, guess it does it You know what? Sense. A lot of people, like Sylvia Plath, when she first started with her Ouija board, yeah. it was just a piece of paper that she had written the numbers on and an upside-down wine glass. Interesting. A lot of people do it that way. There was actually a murder case where the jury, did you ever read about this? No. There was a murder case and the jury held up in a hotel for the trial, resorted to making a makeshift Ouija board and asking them who oh. who did it. And the Ouija board answered the name of the defendant. Weird. And when they asked how did it happen, it just responded with shot. Huh. And, but that, that was a huge insult to the legal system. Right. And family members involved were like, this is disgusting. What's yes, up with this? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you can make a Ouija board potentially out of anything. Yeah. As long as it has the talking board with the letters. Right. And it can move easily. Yeah. And you can glide it. Right. So that's what they did. Two of his brothers agreed to play this one time, but he, Aaron, was like, hell no. Same Aaron. So he was the scribe. He was taking notes the entire time. First of all, every single time that glass moved his way, he felt a physical vibration coming from the board. Uh, His mother was asking questions of the board and received actual answers. Right, but it wasn't from any old ghost. The spirit had told them through the board that it was Aaron's grandmother. Yeah. So, you know, a grandma, that's not too bad. Yeah. I'm sure she had some sweet things to say. After this, it went downhill. His grandmother told his mother that her oldest child would die in a red car, which he had at that moment in time. It said a few other sentences which confirmed it wasn't their grandmother. And as far as he knows, that was the last time it was ever played. Where they were on the floor was on one half of the living room, And from that day forward, that half always feels dark and cold. That's that's some spooky shit right there. some spooky shit, Aaron. I'm sorry you dealt with that spooky half-living room. But I'm also glad it wasn't your grandma. Um, I'm not glad about that. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) It's actually scarier. But, like, if grandma had said that, 
That's, uh, that's uh, that, quite mean. That's that's true. You know, it's like grandma tells you your oldest son is going to die. I'm glad well, you I didn't talk to your grandma and you talked to a demon instead. However, I do think that's a terrifying twist. I'm glad, Aaron, you sent that in. It was fun to read. Um, and thank you for the suggestion. It was a lot of fun looking into, for sure, because Ouija's are very It opened up weird. to, it opened up to my, uh, it opened up, opened me up and just, it went inside. Uh, it yeah. opened me up to the, <laughs> uh, what the fuck am I trying to say? It opened your, opened your mind. It, it uh, Expanded your knowledge. Expanded my anus. It, <laughs> it introduced me to more occult stuff through yeah. my research that I think might go into in future episodes but yeah yeah for sure like i said it creeped me out yeah but if you had fun listening to this and you have any suggestions or stories you'd like us to talk about feel free to email us at according to an idiot at gmail.com you're also able to contact us on twitter at idiots accord or through our facebook and instagram according to an idiot um and we have a good vibrations do we yeah we have a good vibrations to do yeah. To leave off on. Give, give Kaylee, I want you to start. My good vibration for the day is flower bouquets because it's a small thing and it makes me happy to have pretty flowers near me. <laughs> what if there's bees in them? They're dead flowers, so I probably not. What if there's dead bees in there? That's fine. Well, the stingers are still active. It's like a loaded gun. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to touch their stingers so I can feel pain so I know I'm alive. I'm going to crack out the Ouija board to figure out my good vibration. Oh, okay. That's a, that's an interesting idea. I like that. He is opening okay. the Ouija board. We have the board extracted from the box. All right. We have a planchette in play. Let's get this bad Okay, but it here. also says on the box it can take one to five minutes to get a response. Um, all right. What if we turn the lights off? Okay. Uh, Whoa! It is glow in the dark. Oh my god, if I get fucking haunted after this, I'm gonna it's murder It's in my you. house, so it'll haunt my house. Also, your energy's here too, so it could detract something else. It'll be energy, yeah. Alright, let's put put a hand on this uh, planchette. Okay. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, welcome to According to an Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, spirits. Is there anything you would like to say to our audience? Hold on, hold on. Uh, first of all, I want to say hello to only the good spirits. Bad ones. Bad ones need not apply. Oh, my God. Uh, is there a good vibration you'd want to give us? Oh, my God. But I put your fingers on it so lightly. I'm going to barf. Why are you doing that with your eyes? Well, I'm closing them. <laughs> Just focus. You're obviously pulling it. You're, I can feel you pulling it. I'm not. I have to move my arms. So you're clearly pulling it. I'm literally not touching it right now. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Near you. Yeah, you, you moved your hand when I opened my eyes. No, I didn't. I was not touching it. Are you serious? Yeah, I wasn't touching it. I had my hand off it. You're like, you're pulling it. And I'm like, I'm so Are you serious? Yes. I don't trust you. I pinky swear. Pinky swear? Let me see your other hand. Huh? Okay. I wonder if you didn't have your fingers crossed. No, no, no. What the? F- what was it? Atlanta? I was that going letter? to no. No good vibrations. Yeah. Well, put your finger back on here. Oh my god! Don't, don't touch I'm it. I'm too. I'm too impatient for this. Okay, is it on a letter? I don't know. Okay, turn the light on. I'm spooked. Okay. My arm is tired and I'm sweaty. Okay, the lights are now back on. The letter, the letter that is has fallen on is. Is that X? Uh, it's somewhere between J and K. More on the K. 
Your Good Vibrations starts with a K. I'm going to say it's Kaylee. Um, Kaylee. Uh, well, first of all, uh, thank you, spirits. How do you say goodbye to them for in Ouija? Don't haunt me. Go back home. Goodbye. And goodbye. I think that's how it works. Goodbye. <laughs> we fucked and up. And goodbye. <laughs> okay, right. bye. Thank you. Well, guys, we don't have an hour to do Ouija, but let's just know that we whatever tried. my good vibration is, it's a K, so let me guess. I could do Kaylee, but... Uh, I can't think of any other word that starts with K. That's how K- conceited I am. Kangaroo knife? Huh, that's good. Yeah. I'm thankful for knives? Yeah, there you is go. Is that what you're trying to say, spirits? Oh, you're going to kill me with a knife. Okay. Uh, cool. There we go. We got it. I'm very thankful for knives. Kaylee's very thankful for flowers. Um, there's a man in the corner of the room. Ah. Hmm. I don't, he's dressed in uh, mid-century clothing, yeah. and he seems to be mouthing the word die. Huh. Jeremy, what did we talk about? Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff, we right? Talked about we talked about puppies. You know, it's a lot like a Ouija board. You don't know where it's going until it ends up somewhere. And right. when it ends up there, it's, it means nothing. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. I love you guys so much, and have a good night. And remember, stay spooky. Also remember, there's somebody behind you.